So likewise, as Christian communicators, uh, we want the same thing to happen in our communication process. And communications is a process and not an event. So there are many things that go behind. Uh, there are people involved in the communication uh, strategy. Uh, some are theorists, some are uh, the actual users, and uh, so on like that to make up a complete picture of how communications happen. And then I have started a little bit on the communication theories and models. And the most basic one is between two people. So you have the coding and the encoding and the decoding, <laughs> I should say. Uh, so people send a message, send uh, information, but how do we receive that? The receptor is the center for the communication process so that we know the message that we sent has been received in the way uh, or in the meaning that it was sent with. And that is when the communication is successful. Okay, so we were doing a few of the models and the ways and it gets more complex uh, when it is to many people. The information uh, for mass media is more complex than between just uh, interpersonal uh, communication is. And uh, so I started also with a little bit on this, uh, which kind of broadens it up. As messages are received, uh, we had said that don't assume that it will be automatically received and that it will rece be received correctly. And uh, sometimes the breakdown may not be even in the uh, process of sending the message. It may be in the receptor that they have various what we call filters. They have various means in which uh, the message is either received or blocked or rejected or ignored. So the evaluative criteria, we can say, is uh, first and foremost, a person is given a message, it's what we call exposure. They just, you know, say, we can say, well, this is a Bible. So at least they know the Bible, you know, what is that? And that may cause them to be more curious, what is that you're talking about? And uh, then if you begin to explain, it's the word of God, and they begin to read and so on. But it begins first with, a, with an exposure. Then if they are curious, then their attention has been captured somehow. And uh, this could be through the various senses, whether it's through listening. Uh, yesterday, Julia talked about the Hmong people being uh, very touched or uh, the evangelism among them is effective through radio. So that is through listening. Uh, Dawa talked about, you know, an app that shows some videos. Uh, and so it could be through seeing 
So there are different things that may gain attention. Then the third uh, point, if they're going further, they have not stopped uh, and blocked or rejected the communication, then it will go on that as they listen, as they see, as they are further exposed to the message, we hope that they will comprehend. And comprehension in the true sense is that there's an understanding that is established, correct understanding. It is like when we learn English, we have comprehension as part of the English learning process. Because it is not enough to just hear and see, but are you hearing and seeing correctly or not? And understanding it in the way that it is meant. So that is comprehension. Then the final part that you know that the um, communication is truly successful is when they retain it, when they own it, when they receive it and keep it in their mind. And they can even repeat it back to you. Uh, maybe in their own words, but that they have understood it correctly. So that we call retention. And that uh, not only is it retained, they take action upon it. Okay, so take, for example, uh, some of the campaigns uh, governments or people may run. Okay, stop smoking. Smoking is bad for you. Smoking causes cancer. Well, when you go out, you'll still see people smoking. That means they're exposed to the message, but they did not give any attention to it, thus it doesn't go down the line. But then you have people who have stopped smoking. So they have gone through the whole process up to the point where they are retaining it and they are actually doing something about it. They really believe smoking is bad for them, it will cause cancer, they should not do it. Right? So it's, it's this thing, uh, and we call this selective uh, filtering. So at all stages, filtering is selective. So the receiver uh, who gets the message decides whether to open or close the process at any point. And that can be literally, when you go and knock on somebody's door and you say, I'm a Christian, can I share the gospel with you? You can either have the door very rudely slapped to your face, or you may say, okay, I'm interested, welcome, come in, and sit down. Uh, so communication research is to find out ways to keep those filters open. What would be the best way? Some have found, you know, instead of directly saying, we're going to share with you the gospel, can I share with you a a video here, a very short one, and then we can talk about it. Maybe they're open to that and so on. And then the evaluative criteria is also influenced by a person's previous experience and information. If they have a negative 
uh, understanding of, say, a Christian, they may immediately just reject you regardless. You know, because they've had a bad experience with that. So you may need to find out other ways in which that the filters are open. Uh, some are more open, even though after they find out you're Christian later, uh, but you're someone who helps them. Uh, you're a nurse, you're a doctor. So they need you in that way uh, to you know, help them or, or care for them. And then they open to you, even though they know oh, she or he is a Christian and they've had bad experience or understanding about that person. So it all depends. So at all stages, uh, our message can be blocked. We are going to go into another um, very important model of uh, communications, which may be very basic, really. And that is uh, one that was uh, developed by a man called Marvin Myers, a missiologist himself. I believe he's in my Biola if he hasn't retired yet. And this is called a verbal model. And this is how it goes. There's a prior question of trust in a communication uh, process or relationship. So the prior question of trust is, am I building or am I undermining trust? My actions, my message, my methods, is it something that makes people trust me? or distrust me and thus distrust the message that I have even though the message is good it's from the word of God so yesterday I gave you the example that I worked in literacy using scripture the very fact that it was a literacy training program gave a level of trust because people wanted to know how to read and write. Then we did not hide the fact that we were using Bible stories. We said that we are using good stories from the Christian holy book. We cannot be more explicit than that. <laughs> we, we were not hiding anything from them that we snuck in on the, the scriptures and they were Hindus, Muslims also in the group that they didn't know. In fact, uh, there were some who rejected because they said, no, we don't to have anything to do with your Christian things. But others were like, oh, I want to read, learn to read and write. And these are good stories. I want to join. I don't care. You know, so there were two, two, three different reactions to it, uh, but basically, like you either accept or you reject. So, am I building trust or undermining trust? To do this, the uh, sender or the one who is uh, communicating the message, there are a few things to happen here, is that that person need to know themselves well in God, that they are accepted by God 
and thus, thus they can accept themselves, irregardless of what their past used to be, or even irregardless of their own present weaknesses. Because if we come to a communication uh, situation and we are just down on ourselves, and we do not accept even ourselves, it will come through in the communication. If you are not a true believer, if you really do not trust the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your being, that will come true. And sometimes when you're challenged, you become shaky. Then you think, oh, are they right? <laughs> you are uncertain. So self-acceptance is important. And then acceptance of the other. In the next uh, course or next part when I teach tomorrow, we're going to be talking about different religions. We do not, of course, accept all the religions like the other truth. Because as we have said, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. So no question about that. But it's about accepting that that person is Hindu or Muslim or Buddhist for who they are worth as a human being. That is self, that is acceptance of the other as they are. We even had that uh, example of a homosexual coming into our churches. Do we move away from them and then we reject them as a human being? Or can we say, yes, we hate the sin, but we can love the sinner. If these things are in place, there will be mutual respect from both sides. There will be an exchange of uh, acceptance, which will mean respect as well, hopefully. So, in Maya's model, the bridge of trust is important. If I trust you and you trust me, what I say you will believe to be the truth and what you say I will also believe to be at its value the truth. That is the bridge of trust. So that communication can flow between two people or several people. The goal is to establish some common ground. If we don't have the common ground, we have no basis to talk. Um, and so, in order for this to happen uh, with someone, uh, we must be able to uh, find some place where we meet as equals in a way. Uh, different people use different methods, as we have said. Uh, sometimes, uh, example that comes to my mind is about sports ministry. Uh, many people establish some kind of friendship and trust and respect actually uh, when somebody comes who has some skill and some knowledge that they would like to learn. So in the church I come from, we had a one time a soccer or football a program where we had Brazilian Christian coaches coming 
uh, and who knew Pele? Those days, you know, Pele was a very famous, uh, well-known, world-class uh, footballer, you know, and so when they had, oh, these coaches are from Brazil, then the parents willing to send their children for coaching. And even though it's under the church, uh, we, we still charge them some kind of coaching fee. It wasn't for free. Because we did not want them to take it for granted. Although we had some children from the slum area. And those we knew could not afford. And so they were given scholarship for this. But the Brazilian coaches were great. Because they were respected by these little children. They really coached them. It was not just, you know, fake that they came uh, to evangelize only. They really trained them to be footballers. But then they said, you know, uh, we will start, before we start coaching, we will pray. And then after the coaching and maybe on another day, if you like, come, we will have uh, some little <coughs> stories. And so like that was the way that we used uh, because the trust was there. The common ground was football, was learning soccer was the love for the game. Uh, but from there, we hope they will bring, uh, they will be brought to the love for God, for Jesus. So you can use different ways like that uh, if you have this bridge of trust. So the different messages that we send may have different meanings as well. So as we said uh, in the last uh, class, meanings are actually given by the person who received it. So they are the ones to decide that this is what is meant by what is said or what is seen. They give meaning to uh, the messages. Meaning arises in the minds of receivers when they are exposed to communication messages. Whether the meaning is correct or not, you must have some way to evaluate whether they have received the correct message of the gospel, for example. Media communicators should be then concerned about both the correctness of the message and also with the meaning assigned by the audience. So for the sender side, we may think, of course, my message is correct. My uh, information is correct. But when it filters down, again, that word filter, filters down to the receiver, has it been received as it was sent? You must be able to get feedback about that. And finally, that it is not what is said, but what is heard, what the listener actually heard and understood. So another model that helps us with this is called the effects, uh, Laswell's model, effects of communication. And this is uh, remembered by some questions. Who says what, in which channel, to whom, with what effect? Okay, so 
when you are able to answer all these different parts of the communication process, you will be able to answer the final most important part with what effect? Is the effect the person comes closer to Christ or the effect is the person rejects Christ? You also have a formula then for analyzing the effects of communication. In last world, you'll find key elements in the communication process. So you must start with, with who? With who is the sender? So it leads us to ask some very serious questions. First and foremost on credibility. Is that person credible or not, believable or not, honest or not, you must have that level of trust, as we have been saying about the previous model. Is it available or not to people? Is it something that they can get to easily? Uh, when I first started doing my project, this we are talking about the early 90s, okay? So internet, all this, uh, not, not yet. <laughs> not yet easily available and not cheap. Okay? Uh, I don't even know whether they had CD players in those days. We were using audio cassettes. So that dates me how old I am <laughs> in the time period in the early 90s. Audio cassette. So we said, okay... We can make this available for the literacy, but how are they going to play this? Do they have audio cassettes? Okay, some villagers had, some did not. So along with the literacy program, you have to provide the hardware. Then another thing, no electricity. <laughs> so you have your cassette player, how to play? So battery was one of the ways. The even earlier way was hand crank. <laughs> you have to have somebody who have a strong hand and can just turn round and run round while we want to listen to the uh, message that was there. So is it available? Is it you know a technology that can uh, be used at at a certain cost or at a certain uh, expense people can afford and is it relevant or not? So as I talked about, we had to use uh, themes that were important to the village people to do with farming, to do with family, to do with friendship was uh, something that they was close to them. And then what were the long-term effects? Some of it is hard to measure but some of it, after some years, you can measure. Somebody did a uh, study on watching television in the early days. When it first came out, everybody is very interested. And then when it became colored TV, and then you have satellite, you have so on, you know, things get more and more interesting. But what was happening was it was destroying families in some ways. Because more people were glued to watch the TV than to talk with each other. 
before all these things were available, uh, families will like play games together, you know, or talk together, or sing together, uh, have some fun, you know, because that was their entertainment. You don't have to, you know, there were no other things. But when television started coming and now the internet, many things are causing uh, relationships to break down. So these are some of the long-term effects that we must be careful about as Christians, that we do not uh, use these things and have negative effects upon the outcome at the end. So you think it's a good thing, but then at the end, the effects may not be good. Analyze, you know, and analysis can be hampered by the inability to isolate factors one at a time for scrutiny. But we must try. It is something like when something uh, has gone wrong electronically uh, or uh, electrically with something, the a uh, person who is trying to find out what's wrong, the mechanic, let's say, they have to test every part. Your car breaks down. So what's causing the breakdown? Is it the brakes? Is it a carburetor or some starter? Your spark plugs are not working or what? It's not everything that has gone wrong. But something has gone wrong. That may need replacement. That may need something new inside. It's the same for the communication process. So it's important for us to research, to gain deeper insights. Whether it is researching the people, that's the first thing, about the people group, about the methodology, and even sometimes ourselves, to check ourselves and make sure we are right with God and write with people. So the key elements of communication uh, need to be checked through carefully for all these reasons. And then to also check about the audience. What effect will be upon them and how do we measure those effects upon the audience? The more we know about them, the better it will be. Okay? So let me put to you some case studies, all right? There are actually exactly uh, four groups of y'all, so it's wonderful. So at each table, so Benjamin, you need to join Mimi and Alan and make a, a group, okay? So Dawa, Wu, and Julia, you do the first one. How does miscommunication between two persons in leadership happen. Okay, imagine your leaders, they are communicating with each other somehow, and you can create a scenario, maybe it's not even face-to-face, -face, maybe through email or phone call or something. How can miscommunication happen on the leadership level? Then uh, Grace Venus Christie, you take number two. How can a local television program be made very effective? So now you all are television producers and thinking, how can a, you think about 
which television program you really like and how come it's so effective that you like it or more people like it that you know of, okay? You think on that level. Uh, Mimi, Ellen and Benjamin, the third point, how can information flow in church administration be best facilitated? Because many times the pastor, the church leaders want to tell the members something. So what is, you think, the best way information from church leadership can go to the general members? Very effective so that they understand what the church is uh, believing or uh, some program that they have. You think of a scenario like that. And then the final one, uh, Mitchell, Kumari, and David. How can trust bridges be built uh, between different racial communities? And let me take out in Malaysia, uh, because we are not here. In Malaysia, we are in the Philippines. So just between any uh, different racial or religious communities. How can trust bridges, bridges of trust between these different groups be built so that they can communicate with each other? And in particular, of course, Christians to the non-Christians. How do you think trust bridges can be built? So please talk with your uh, teammates, your teammates, and come up with uh, two or three points okay? yeah. yeah. How can a local television program be made very effective? You make up the, the scenario. Of course, you would like it to be a Christian program, right? So that people can listen to the gospel. So let's say it is a, you have the ability so to put on, on your TV uh, the a Christian program from different countries, what you have different cultures, thinking. So they also have a different way to deal with the problem so that when they try to uh, explain their. Solution, but other leader from other, or uh, they cannot understand the way this leader thinks. That also make the miscommunication, I think so. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes even like um, different. I think almost the miscommunication maybe from difference differences, mm -hmm. maybe different countries, different cultures, different gender. So, yeah. Different generation. And also, I think, like, also um, denomination. Because, like, um, for example, some people from Assembly of God will think different. They will focus on Holy Spirit or, or other things. But for Presbyterian, maybe they have different thoughts and they will want to want to like um, 
solve the problem differently. Yeah, I think they don't learn from it.
um, two factors. Mm-hmm. Like first is the because of difference differences, and second is the because of listener right? How to communicate it's not their wrong understanding misunderstanding you know when I get email like just I remember one thing and I that I will go to somewhere and then you know they are attending the conference and then he mailed us about you know how what he prepare and what he gonna do, and then we read it and uh, prepare it according to that email. But uh, we prefer different things because of <laughs> misunderstanding. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like very little things, but uh, just we did not understand very little things. But it is very different thing when we come. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like sometimes because using the the tool, the tool to communicate, but not the talk directly, so we cannot understand all the Writing. 
is the first thing is differences maybe a uh, two leader maybe they from different country or they have different uh, culture so they have different thoughts or they have different way to uh, deal with the problem or something like that so other people cannot understand their culture or their thoughts so they cannot understand um, or like different um, For example, in our um, uh, religion, um, maybe denomination also affect to the communication. Sometimes, like um, for example, assembly of God church can uh, have different thoughts about something, but um, Presbyterian maybe have different thoughts. So, for, uh, we think differences also uh, make the mis communication and second is like um, as you say communication is not saying but listener or heard so um, the miscommunication happen because not because of the person who say something but because of the listener they they receive the information but do they uh, understand um, correctly what the uh, speakers saying And the third is the miscommunication maybe happen because of the tool that we use to communicate. Like sometimes people feel like um, safe when they can talk uh, directly so they can expose their emotion or like their thoughts or 
like communicate is easier but we use different tools to communicate like email or a messenger or something like that but through the thing that we write on the message it um, cannot uh, show all our thoughts uh, and our emotion on it so sometimes we make the misunderstanding mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so we think three things story and I remember the pastor stood up and then he asked the people how did you hear about this program so how many by Facebook then you know he mm. said oh uh, how many got a message then see some more hands and like that so you actually can get instant feedback mm -hmm. from the church members in that way because sometimes they don't want to send you email or message back but they are already in the church so you can find out which is the best way to communicate with them uh, just announcement most people in one year out the other year they do not remember anything uh, if you give them something they at least can you know see or something 
they can remember better. But nowadays, a lot of people, it's by their WhatsApp and phone and so on that they uh, actually get the message and they can keep on reminding themselves or something. How can trust bridges be built between different racial groups? She will teach her how to speak Tagalog and then she yeah, is going to get to build relationship. And then also learn how to cook your local food. That's a good And uh, learn local expressions in gestures and words like your greetings. Your manapo. We call that bless. And then opo and po. Dress up like the local people, so you can mingle around the people, and learn to sing their local songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a very good missionary tools as well, and that we should always uh, show the respect to the culture. Most of us who come here, we all go back with hope. <laughs> Remember, I gave you the example when something breaks down or not working, let's say a car, the mechanic will try to find out which part is needing replacement or has broken down. So in, if we think of this as the process or like a machinery, then if at some point the breakdown is there, we can try to correct it. That is why we, we try to make... A, this in a theoretical form so that we can see. So follow the, the numbering so that um, it, sometimes we think uh, it should be numbered in a different way, but I, I'll explain to you the logic uh, shortly. So the first one and two is basic that we talked about, the interpersonal model. The sender, the receiver. Okay, and these roles can be re reversed when the sender has received the message and then they now become, uh, the receiver received the message. Now they want to send a message back, they become the sender. So these two roles can reverse. But right now we look at them as a sender and a receiver. The third point is the context that the receiver is in, especially we could also look at the context of the sender. 
but that is not as important. Although we said earlier, the important thing is self-acceptance. So that part is important for the sender. But for the receiver, what kind of context they are in. Like you say, miscommunication can happen because, you know, the environment is no noisy or uh, not appropriate somehow. Uh, the person is distracted. Uh, there are too many things going on to which the receiver cannot easily receive. Okay? It could be even mechanical breakdown, no internet or whatever. Okay, So the context is a third point that we look at. Is there any problems there that we need to uh, address? Number four is in order to find out the context, in order for the sender to send a message that is appropriate and relevant to the receiver, research must be done. But afterwards, you see more research here. Research is very vital. Finding out information, knowing what is the whole situation, uh, having a description about the needs of the people. Number five, then, after you have done your research, only then do you prepare your content. A lot of communicators start with number five because they are so excited, you know, to make a drama, to compose a song, you know. They, they just want to jump into the content because that's what they've always been doing. There was a lady who did a communication project. She was an artist and she drew or painted in a certain way. But after she had gone through this communi Christian communication course, she began to think, who am I really painting for? What is my message for these people that will be relevant to them? And because of that, most of her paintings were still in her usual style. But the final painting she did was in a style that was totally different because she was concerned about what would communicate to these people, not only about her own talent of doing beautiful drawing. So number five is content. Then we skip into the channel or the methodology. What's the best way to deliver the content? Number seven, then, is the reception. Will it be um, uh, clear or not? Will it be received uh, well because uh, it is not offensive? I mean, the gospel is offensive. We know that. But sometimes, how it is packaged how it is presented, uh, is there a chance that at first the person will receive this or not? So the reception is another area that is um, considered. Number eight then is back to the message. You may ask what's the difference between uh, this and we will come to that uh, shortly, some of the, the description. But the message is different from the content. I think the message, the difference is 
that it is refined now. Uh, the content you may have thought of a lot of things, but not all the things can be said in that first message. Maybe you need to keep that for a next, you know, part two. So the message then is what exactly you want to tell. Become very fine-honed. And then you monitor and you evaluate, as you all talked about, about the church. And then you find the response and the research need to uh, continue. Uh, feedback, you know, anything to change. And then one very important thing that is affecting everyone and every aspect here is what we call noise. And noise is not just sound noise, but anything that can distract or detract from the whole process is noise. Can be relationships, can be the, uh, the method is not uh, acceptable in that culture or whatever it is, that's noise. Okay, So the comprehensive model shows uh, all these things, the sender, the communicator, we are the communicators, we have a message, it begins with us, our purpose, our assumptions, and even our limitations, what we can and cannot do. Some of us cannot sing, some of us cannot dance, some of us cannot do drama. So we are limited to what we can do, <laughs> not what we can't do. We are engaged in persuasive communication, not forcing anybody, not cheating or deceiving anybody. We persuade, as the Bible says. The receiver, the audience, basic to effective communication is good understanding of the audience. This is something that should haunt you. Who is my audience? Where are they? What are their needs? How can I meet their needs? If you can answer these four very simple but very deep questions, you can do excellent communication projects and actually be effective. Who is my audience? Where are they? Not just where are they located geographically? Where are they spiritually? What are their needs? Then comes physical needs, spiritual needs, emotional needs. And how can I meet those needs? I cannot meet all of those needs. Which needs can I meet? These questions, I hope, will haunt you. <laughs> will burn into your memory because they will help you in your ministry to reach out to whichever group. The context of the audience, where are they receiving the message? What time? You know, in radio, in television, timing is important. What is the time the housewife is a bit free because all of us who have worked at home, uh, you have to prepare your children for school, let's say you're a typical mother, right? 
housewife, you prepare your children for school, uh, for breakfast, and all that. Then maybe you have a little breather before the next part you have to uh, prepare lunch and so on and so on. So that window of time is when it's best to broadcast a program that will speak to them, that they have the time when they are relaxing to hear this. Is it a friendly or hostile environment? Context influences communications. So it's important to know. Research is getting the information, is the activity where information is uh, sought, and uh, so we know the receiver and the context. Uh, research can be formal or informal. Gain enough information uh, for messages to be understood. You know that a lot of effective uh, television programs, especially uh, and even radio programs, the writers of this, what they do is they just go out into the streets. They go to the target audience area. Let's say it's youth. So they go to the malls and listen to what the youth are talking about. They see what they are doing. They go to the schools, interview some students and ask them what are their needs. That's how they do it. So the research can be formal or informal. There are so many ways to know things. I always say, look, look, look. Note, note, note. Us, us, us. You have to act as if you don't know anything. Then you will learn a lot of things. It may confirm what you already know, or it may give you some new ideas that you didn't know. Because you are ne not necessarily the, the receiver. You are not the target audience. You want to be the sender. So you must understand your target audience very, very well. So research need to have a clear understanding of the audience and their needs before media production even begins. When I did this uh, literacy project, I had to become a farmer for a day. I'm a city girl. <laughs> I do not do farming. <laughs> I do not understand farming. So when I went to Bangladesh, uh, there was someone helping me. You know, I went to the target area, see how the people live. And my guide was there with me, a church leader, pastor. I said, Pastor, I want to become a farmer right now. And he laughed. He thought I was just joking with him. And he said, and I said to him, I'm serious. Please show me exactly what you do as a farmer. And he was a farmer. So he taught me, okay, when you cross the rice is ready, this is how we cut the rice. Everything. Uh, this is how we bundle the rice and so on and so on. <clears throat> so I I did all of that not very well. I can assure you when I was winnowing the the uh, basket also flew out of my hands. And then uh, the funniest part was when I was trying to plow in a straight line 
the cow first started straight and then went this way and then they and run around and I'm running with the plow. Uh, so I entertain the, the village people very much. And, uh, but at the end of that few hours actually, not even that day, the few hours, I felt very tired. <laughs> I felt every muscle in my body has been used. Uh, everything has been stretched, and uh, I was younger then, but still, I felt very, very uh, tired in my physical body. So I asked myself, wow, how can these farmers come for this literacy program? If I were them, I just want to drop down and fall asleep <laughs> and tired, you know? So I then knew that the tiredness had to go in terms that the program must be so relevant and interesting to them. And that's where we threw in all the music, the drama, uh, the exercises to do, not just passive. And they were there because they have to have the motivation to sit there for uh, an hour and a half, two hours sometimes. And join the literacy class, try to see the, the, the writing and write by the power of just a, a lamp, you know, one of those, uh, what we call hurricane lenses by oil, oil lamp. So you have to feel what they feel. If I didn't do that, I just sit in my nice air-conditioned office and shake my leg and think, we can do this, we can do that, you know, and I'm thinking from my worldview, not from their worldview, not from their actual situation. So the only way is to go and be among the people. Incarnation again comes in. Then only you select the content, of course, it's from the Bible that we want to build the content. But the Bible is so wide. So what does the Bible teach on a particular subject? So we have to select, you know, like I said, good news for the farmer. So of course, I went to farming stories, farming, uh, you know, incidences in the Bible that we can use, or the parables that Jesus told as one of the sources and uh, take these passages so that they can be helpful and uh, relevant to the audience. Then to find which is the best channel, which is the best uh, methodology. At that time, uh, we thought the best way was something that is audio. Then for the visual were little booklets, not thick books, because if you are just a new reader, you get afraid. Wow, how to read the whole Bible? <laughs> it's too daunting, you know, too scary. So we go with small booklets, big words, you know, the font size bigger, and then only slowly as they progress, it becomes a little smaller, but never like the font size that you are used to reading point. Uh, 12 or point 10. That is too much for a new reader. It's like, what's this? And uh, so we 
we we try to combine technology with people. So these programs had a teacher, not that he or she taught the the students, but they facilitated because we wanted to standardize the message. If you have a teacher like now, I'm teaching this course. If uh, Doctor Sam were teaching, he can also teach. But it will be a different way than me or Dr. Dave or Dr. Haugers. We'll all be different because we are different people and our style is different. So we standardize the content by having the, the cassette tapes. So each approach will give new dimensions and possibility. So I said I will explain about reception. Concerned about the exposure of the message we need to capture the attention, gain understanding and commitment to retain and then to act. <coughs> Remember the, the filtering and the criteria. This is where it comes in about the reception. Do they receive it or do they reject it? This is where we need to know what causes them to receive or to reject. Uh, define the variables that would hinder reception before developing the program's format. So what will be something that they don't like? You know, if I just made a program just straight reading, you know, just read the Bible. So just read blah, 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 blah. After a few minutes, they will fall asleep. For sure, 100% guaranteed. Because I said, I already felt what they felt by just doing some farming. So if it's not something interesting, it will not be received. So you need to, to think about these things for the program. Formulate the message depend on the media chosen, uh, whether it's through the written form or through audio or through visual. Uh, or will also affect how you formulate the message. The task of translating ideas and thoughts into the program in a format uh, the chosen audience will find interesting. So you have the ideas, you have the teaching or the information you want to give. What is the most interesting way and that they can remember they will enjoy uh, receiving it and so on. Other things that you think about when you formulate the message. And then monitor and evaluate. Uh, some people use um, uh, feedback in whatever way. Uh, some people call in to the radio station, uh, send text messages now and so on. Because it helps in good stewardship and being honest about how resources are being used. See, so many people, what happens is that they uh, make the programs and so on, and they just continue and continue doing the same old, same old, because that's what they are good at. But they do not evaluate whether that now is as effective as it was when they began. It's just like in the secular world, uh, why do you think 
you know, some, some product looks like this when it first came out and everybody was okay with that. Then after a while, the sales go down. The product is the same. Maybe the quality, everything is the same. But now people don't like blue. They prefer red. So when they make the marketing research, oh, people prefer this packaging. Okay, let's do that. Suddenly sales go up. The product has not changed. Only the packaging changed. And yet it makes such a difference. So that kind of evaluation and monitoring for Christian uh, products or programs is very important because we know already sometimes we are very limited in our resources. We have limited peso. So don't waste the peso. Don't waste the money. Do something effective with it. And then further response and research, it can be through mail, phone, email, whatever, appropriate to the audience, young people, maybe they use uh, WhatsApp or something to communicate. Research designs that measure actual results accurately. Don't fool yourself. Be honest, be willing to take it that sometimes we don't get the best response. So then we ask where in the process did it break down? How to make the response better, more effective? And then, as I said, the last point is about noise. Noise is a technical term that describes anything that hinders good communication, anything. That's why I say it's not just physical noise. It is relationship, it is sometimes the person's emotion or mind is disturbed for whatever reason that could cause this to happen, uh, technical things happening. Uh, you know, we make a product and actually it's not of the best quality. The sound is not very good or clear or the sound sometimes loud, sometimes soft, things like that actually irritate people. Even if you think about someone preaching, sometimes the person has an excellent message, but then something about their dressing you don't like, and you're distracted, always looking at their, their clothes, you know, something like that. Or when they speak, they always like to say, uh, oh, something, some noise you don't like and you're distracted, you don't receive that good message because of that. This is what noise is. So we need to reduce the noise to an acceptable level so that the message is clear. Okay. Any questions? Let's look at application. Use this kind of communication models. You can use it to plan even uh, an evangelistic meeting. You look at what is you as a sender or your church. Who are you? Look at who is the receiver, their contacts, uh, what are the things that could distract them and so on. 
you can use this in ministry to children, as you said. So you need to find out about who are these children, where are they located, what are their needs, and what kind of program I can use to meet their needs. Some mission teams have come here and, you know, while they are doing a medical mission, there are children there who are waiting for the parents or they themselves are not well and want to see the doctor. So there are many patients in between time. You can do a ministry for them. You can show them something and tell them a Bible story, you know, with visual aids and so forth and so on. Uh, how does this communication model apply to uh, production of literature? So you can also ask if your ministry uses tracks or booklets, uh, something in a written form. How is it effective? And then uh, video. A lot of times videos cost a lot of money. The real one, I mean the good production one. So you have to ask, you know, what is this video really for? How can I use it? And even to the point where uh, in what platform will that be uh, shown, you know? Uh, can we call people together in small groups? Or can we have it in a big screen or projector like this? Uh, you have to think through uh, all the way, the whole process. So anything that you take, look through the whole uh, thing rather than just start at the content. Okay? Any questions? If not, we will take a break as you prepare for your production. <laughs> <laughs> right? So we can have a cup of coffee and you all can uh, deliberate a little bit more. We will begin at, uh, let's say, 15 minutes time, so 2.35 or so, right? Yeah, it's 2.24, okay. Two, uh, 14. Y'all may be needing to use the
like we have two mm -hmm. ways to show people the, the, by recording video mm -hmm. or just show directly to them. Mm -hmm. I think show directly like the specialists mm -hmm. or the like um, cheese mask or something like that. Uh, I, I think it's very easy for the poetry just like we show, mm -hmm. we show because they, yes. they, will they will attention. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, at that time you can explain, but not many things, just this. some, some, some cut, some cut, and you can show, you can show. Because uh, just uh, I explained very simply to them, but they didn't see yeah. anything. So just uh, you can see something. Some some card, and then you can explain about these meanings. Mm -hmm. Why is uh, effect on uh, young people, and then so we wanna show, we wanna a, a presentation together like mm -hmm. this, and then they already they have their message. Yes. Yeah. And then you can uh, you can give music, music like yes. that. Anyways, it will be focused on the present, no, 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 no. presentation. So, and then no, 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 no. That one is uh, any day will uh, all of us, all of us uh, participate in this uh, yeah performance. So it's okay. So it's designed for young people. So because because um, in her before like what some question so yeah some question like who who so we have to be specific like who like young people or children or non people or something like that in way to way what they need I think because young people they need to like they need to uh, learn around the world some because so many uh, young people they want to know about drug so they be addicted mm -hmm. or they want to know about the um like outside the world what happened so they just try everything and they really uh, be authentic like that so but when they see many people also have that kind of um, experience and mm -hmm. they like fall, 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 fallen. Mm -hmm. So they now they change, they have changed. So I think for the Vietnam, Vietnam situation, but in Korea, in this Korea situation, many, many young people they disappointed about Christianity because they, uh, our Christian, Christians, uh, Old. So they don't like uh, Christianity, especially young people, mm -hmm. and then they they don't they, they don't want to be a Christian mm -hmm. because uh, uh, Christians uh, Christians are very bad behavior. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, we can when you see these kind of things, we can feel hope. We can see really uh, changing, yeah, real changing because we we become when we become a Christian. Uh, naturally, we can be changed, right? Mm -hmm. So it's uh, changing, uh, transformation. Mm -hmm. But uh, they cannot see. They usually, young people they cannot see the story. But it's a very short, short story and short testimony. 
but uh, they can see the uh, real transformation. Yes, uh, we need to specify here uh, young people. And we, I think young people in Vietnam also like this. Some young people, because mm -hmm. of uh, Christianity in Vietnam, it's uh, Catholic. Mm -hmm. Catholic Church is more uh, like effective. Ah, yeah. they, they don't have any conversion, no, no transformation, just, just uh, religion. Yeah, just religion. But, but, uh, but, but Christian is the, it's, it's really give changing, right? It's really give changing of lives, yeah, to the people. So, so it's uh, emphasized on the message. Mm -hmm. This message is the dead one. Message is to keep hope. Yeah, we hope because we, we can be changed, we can be transformed, transformed in the spiritually and in our lives, whole life. But yeah, so we also when we see this kind of people, yeah, really hope only hope Jesus like this. Yeah, we can be changed. Yeah, but uh, many just. Uh, Young people, they misunderstood. Christianity is very greed, and and uh, anyway, many many young people in Eastern in Korea, they misunderstand about Christianity. So, yeah, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In my country, also have before I also think like in almost like in Vietnam, young people, um, when we try to like evangelize young people especially students in university, mm -hmm. they almost have the same thoughts. They have the same thoughts, like mm -hmm. my life, I, um, my future belongs mm -hmm. to me. So it depends on my, my um, strive mm -hmm. and I have to try to do my best. Then I will mm -hmm. have the good future, mm -hmm. but if not, then I will not have that future, mm -hmm. but not belong to God. My mm -hmm. future is not belong to God. Mm -hmm. So almost students, they say like, I don't believe in God. Mm -hmm. I believe that if I try my best and I do well, then I will success, successful. But I don't believe that God can um, hold my future or other people's future. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I think in communism, it's true that you are, you are, you are communist. People. Now, yes. uh, now, uh, communist. Yes. Yeah, Vietnam is yes. communist country. Not, now, not strict, not strict like, yeah, not uh, South Korean and yeah, Cuba, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. No, not us now. But in the, usually in the communist country, they they don't believe in God, right? They don't believe in God. Mongolians, yeah. So as a but so they depend on themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. themselves. I have, I can do. I can everything. If my if I do like this, I can make my future like this. So my success mm -hmm. is depend on me, yeah. not depend on that. Yeah, like that. So it is, uh, yeah. But we cannot change our, my, by myself, our lives. So, anyway, testimony, testimony is very important because many young, many young people, uh, my friend, yesterday, Nepal friend, went back there. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was, he was, uh,
Twelve people. Oh, it's just okay. eight in the back. That's that's me. Uh, recently, I was not in a church. People who go to churches, but listen to a ministry and a testimony about drug addict persons. She shocked. Wow, I can change it like a person like this, and then he became a Christian. Yeah. Yeah, in Vietnam, the um, rehabilitation mm -hmm. is very famous in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Like um, Christianity in Vietnam, mm -hmm. they have the uh, rehabilitation center mm -hmm. for addicted, mm -hmm. and they would come there <laughs> and they learn, they learn Bible and change their life. Like even people like full of tattoos and addictive people but now they change so people can see very clearly we first we first yes we can Thank you. 
Our audition, um, we want to share the gospel to the young people, and, uh, so that and young people cannot, uh, may not, not cannot, but they use it light to, um, they usually to um, more understand and remember the short uh, testimony than the long uh, testimony. So we we want to. So this uh, cardboard uh, to share with the young people is easier for them to uh, understand and remember. Fortunately, uh, in Vietnam, in Hanoi, where we are staying before, they have the walking street, and where they can, like many, many people can come there, and young people also really love coming there and walk and like have the good time there and uh, also many groups they come there to perform or they uh, play guitar or music or drama mention so um, we also can use the cardboard um, testimony and we do like that we can catch the attention from uh, young people and um, uh, that is short testimony and I'm pretty sure that it will really impress to see the transformation of one one person mm -hmm. and um, maybe someone will like um, curious and they can ask more about like why do you change like that and um, could you tell me like um, <coughs> and they also can try making them their uh, problem like uh, some people uh, like that cardboard there a lot of problem like uh, divorce or addicted or um, like many things happen in their life mm -hmm. yeah but um yeah some people can can see themselves like that they also struggling with that uh, problem and they can come and uh, ask about why you have that change and then we can uh, communicate with them a little share about that. Mm -hmm.
in Korean school situation, there are many anti-Christians because we are uh, among the uh, young people because they disappointed of uh, Christians uh, long doing and uh, so uh, anyway uh, through this performance they can see hope uh, in our lives so if we can be a Christian we can be changed and transformed that way so we uh, think that this
since our young children, we don't underestimate the uh, how these children can understand the word because the word has power. Mm -hmm. So we cannot underestimate them. Sometimes they think, oh, it's that's 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 already made. Mm -hmm. We 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 can only uh, think we know, mm -hmm. but we can't. So we have the power of the word. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, you would be the children. Right. <laughs> this part, 
the living style, the food. Um, the Indian people mainly eat curry. <laughs> when I was there for five weeks, I had to have curry for every every meal for five weeks. And <laughs> when I come when I came back from five week mission trip, I got sick of curry. <laughs> so I didn't try curry for one year. <laughs>
that if they came together together, mm -hmm. and I was wondering what they are doing. And then one person was sitting on a chair, and then he was putting the chapstick through his mouth. So by torturing their bodies, they believe God forgives them, God loves them. Mm -hmm. So they earn God's love and forgiveness through torturing their bodies. And also, another powerful practice is, it is it's not practiced widely now, but um, before it was widely practiced. When husband dies, the wife is buried at night, and then they go with the husband. Yeah, so really powerful practice. But still, I think some deal with this practice. And also, there is human sacrifice as well. Some people sacrifice the most precious child. So they kill the uh, baby.
There's also a different form of joy. Don't have that. And that is Christ. And this reward is sacrificed for all of us. God has made that. Doesn't make you poor. God loves you. But don't, don't worry. There's only a uh, chance for you to be forgiven if you will accept Him.
It's so great. Uh, in a short time, you all learn how to dance. <laughs> you don't have to left it. Helen <laughs> really last minute. He didn't even know, oh, there's uh, something to do. <laughs> and then he joined. Uh, so wonderful to see in a short time, the four different countries, literally. They uh, want to reach out to yet another country totally different from this Africa. And I can see that different people would be drawn. Uh, I, I went to Cape Town and was part of the Lausanne movement there and <clears throat> the conference. And African people are very, very special, very talented. Uh, this would endear their hearts. People from other nations try to uh, reach out to them in that way. And then India is going to be a challenge being ch to Chennai. And I know that many uh, Hindu but also animistic practices are there. And much spiritual darkness to overcome. So the fact of uh, opposing forces is not. Just a theory that you learn in this class. You will face it in different ways. But you have the good news to share with them. I believe there will be fruits in the long run. Okay, so, with all that said, I still have a little bit of time left, half an hour. I'm going to talk about the receptor. And then a little bit on the church context. I'm running through these um, slides quite quickly. Do not be afraid. I have a policy, and it is called not copyright, but the right to copy. <laughs> so uh, I will make these PowerPoints available to you, and then you can use it if you feel it is useful. And um, at least you have some point of reference later on. So uh, Barbara will have it in a thumb drive or something. And then you can copy before you leave. So <clears throat> we have said that it is the receptor uh, that we must focus on because we may be sending something but we may be sending the accurate, the correct message that we are sending them. So when we talk about receptor-oriented communication, we are talking about creating understanding in their minds, in their hearts, in their spirits, what it means to them. See, when we accept Christ, it doesn't mean we know everything, right? If you think back to the moment you accept Christ, you only know that God loves you, He died for you, He's a living God, and this is truth. Somehow you know. And that's why you accept it. It fills the need in your heart, in your life. That's why you accept. Not because you have all your systematic theology in place. <laughs> Not like that. You didn't maybe even know the Bible except maybe for John 3.16 or something. Little bit. But you accept it. And you think back to that moment, that is what you want to create in a person that they have the potential to do the same. 
to accept Christ. So the audience is central. And they are in control, in a sense. Of course, we have talked that the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts them. But before that, we also have to understand that how they respond, what they see, what they hear, is how they want to. And we have said Satan is out to hinder this. Uh, different things are creating noise around so that they cannot hear, they cannot see the truth. So we need to pray for that breakthrough that they will be able to see and hear and then make an appropriate response. Because the receptor has a worldview, they have gone through different experiences. They have been brought up from young with certain beliefs and attitudes mm -hmm. that have been there. And they have their own personality. All these things too add to the filtering of the message of the gospel getting true to someone who, do, who does not know Christ yet. So you must consider many factors. But the Holy Spirit, as we have said, can break through all these things as they are exposed, as we gain their attention, as they comprehend, as they uh, receive with understanding and act on it. Uh, the Holy Spirit is doing all these things almost simultaneously. That's the amazing thing. When someone comes to Christ, I say, wow. <laughs> because I know it's not what I did. I did my best. All of us believe we are doing our best. But when they come, you should always have the wow factor. That wow, Holy Spirit, thank you. You did it again. You know? Um, so an encouragement to us as the communicators is that we must know our audience, so the research is very important. Our prayer can work wonders. We must always be in a prayerful mode, regardless of what we are doing. Always praying over when we are producing something or we are preparing something. It must be bathed in prayer. Words do not have the meaning. People give the meaning to the words. So we must always be careful. We must always check back. Do they really understand or not? Try to get feedback whether they understood or not. And that we believe the Holy Spirit can penetrate and break the barriers. Uh, I did not know Mimi will be in this class, but I have a Japanese example here. In a so-called mass conversion, Okay, we were talking about that, you know, mass evangelistic meeting. <clears throat> it could be, okay, this is real situation that was then at that point. And it's not only Japan, can be any of our Asian cultures or non-Western cultures, anywhere, where people are very polite, right? Even if they want to say no, they will say yes. Even they don't like you, they will smile and nod and be uh, very gracious. So sometimes in a meeting where a friend has brought somebody along and then you know, the other friend, the, one, the Christian friend, come, come, let's, 
as a Christ, come on, you know, if the preacher is speaking to you. And even if that person may not feel that way, it could be out of courtesy to give face to their friend, not to embarrass their friend. It could be just a sinner's prayer out of courtesy, not really from the heart. Um, it could be, as you said, in India, your fear is maybe Jesus is just another God. Jesus is one among the other coming and just accepted in that way. Okay, he's a good man and he may be a God, but many other gods also. Um, <laughs> the worst one, to get rid of the person <laughs> bugging you, you know, all the time saying, accept Christ, accept Christ. Okay, okay, I'm accepting Christ already, but not really. Or just maybe there is some interest by going forward. It's just interest, not yet really acceptance. So when somebody comes forward, you know, receive prayer or even say the prayer, yes, we are happy, but we are so cautious. I used to be the type where if someone wants to accept, oh yeah, yeah, accept, you know, accepting Christ so happy. Bangladesh changed me because I become a little bit skeptical and a little bit critical that what is their motive to accept Christ? Is it to get a job? Is it to come back to Malaysia with me? <laughs> is it to please me or something, you know? Is it genuine? So when they will come in Bangladesh, oh, you know, I want to become a Christian, like this and like that. I listen, I say, oh, really, that's very good. Uh, can you please go and talk to the Bengali pastor <laughs> over there? And then he can tell you what to do and how to do. Oh, no, no, we want to, you know, uh, get you to baptize us or whatever. I said, no, no, I'm here as a teacher and to lead this project. If you want to know more, and you are really sincere, please go to the local pastor. And I will do that. Part of me wants to just, you know, say, oh, you know, write in my prayer letter, newsletter, wow, praise God, somebody became Christian under my ministry. Hello. <laughs> it's not about us. They must direct the person in the right way. If they are sincere, they will walk that way. Praise God that boy did go to the pastor. So the decision-making process, and as we said, it is a process, is sometimes people moving up the scale to know awareness up to a spiritual even reproduction. But it takes time to move someone from zero or negative to positive and more and more positive. So it's, that's what discipleship is about anyway. So as we have said, God is the communicator 
This is just another way of seeing that process. The Bible talks about sowing seeds, watering, the sun comes, fertilizer, then we harvest, we follow up. We need to preserve the harvest. You know, it's not enough that we bring in the harvest because the harvest can become rotten. It cannot bear more fruit. You cannot replant. Then the process has stopped. So you must preserve the harvest and you must see that the harvest matures and they reproduce. So when you witness to a non-believer, remember this. Your experiences are attempting to witness. So maybe people's attention span is very short. So it must be quick. It must be to the point. Don't tell long, as we say, grandfather stories. <laughs> tell a very short, very precise. Sometimes it's just to stir up a question, to follow up later, especially you know that you have a chance to meet this person again later on. Sometimes the Holy Spirit may say to you, you may not meet this person again. Now is your chance. You plant the seed. Maybe you get to harvest. Maybe not. But you did your part in the process. Were you trying to harvest before sowing? That's your question. Sometimes we are so gone home. Quickly we want to say, hey, will you accept Christ now? Maybe that's not the time yet. How would you do it differently? If you think back on some of your successes, some of your failures that someone did not. But for me, it's not a failure. If we think again, it's a process, then we were just part of the process. You know, that time that person didn't accept Christ, but we pray down the road, somebody else will come. And maybe they are the harvester. We are only the sower. So think in that way. Okay? So this one is just, you know, kind of a thing that I put out here. What do you see? Anybody know what this is? Circus. Yeah, like a circus. <clears throat> so can you see what it is? Many people in the one wheel. Yeah. Just one person riding a bicycle. Yeah. yeah. And many people all piled up together on top of her. It was quite amazing. This is a real picture that I took <laughs> that they were doing. It's from China, a troop from China. Amazing. I think if you try to count, maybe 12 or more. Also, people, I don't know. Just on the sides already, there are uh, eight, eight, and then underneath, I think, another three or so. So, 11 to 12 people are balancing there. And sometimes just show a picture, show a video, whatever, it causes people to think. And you can use it in different ways too and make some. 
you know, uh, application for it. Just to make them think. You know, you don't have to show just a picture of Jesus on the cross. <laughs> Maybe that will work. But sometimes uh, a more curious type of picture can lead to that direction of sharing mm -hmm. the gospel. <clears throat> but in order for us to do a good job communicating, we must know the content very well. You and I must ask ourselves, what are the essential things that I must say about the gospel? What is the gospel? We take it very much for granted because we use the term very often and in different ways and in our sentences. But what is really the gospel? We must be able to articulate that in a very, very simple way and in a very clear way. Again, don't speak Christianese. Speak English. <laughs> Make it understandable for people because they would not have necessarily your Christian background. You know, they may not even know what is the Bible. Maybe they never heard the name Jesus before. So you always have to ask what is the previous question or how much do they know. Don't assume. So you need to master the content. Uh, you know, when we, we give the message, we are also part of the message. So the communicator is really the one who contains the message. They are looking at you first. So it's like, you know, a glass. The water, it can take any shape. The glass, if it's round, the water becomes round, you know, accordingly and so on. So it's the same. The message is the same. The gospel is the same. But how you present, how I present, how they present, may be different. But the content must remain pure that way. <clears throat> All right. And so there are many things that shape the message. Our credibility is very important. As we have said, uh, people will only believe us uh, when they trust us. We are truly, you know, portraying Christ. Okay, how do we see the audience? We need to be able to respect them, as we say. But how do we, we see them? Do we see them as sheep? Do we see them as children? Do we see them as people that need to be nurtured? rather than, you know, like bombarded with the gospel message. The Bible talks about people, you know, using the metaphor sheep and children and innocence that is there. Now, not everybody is innocent, obviously, and they may have other motives. But you need to be as wise as serpents and gentle as doves when you share the gospel. So we must regard our intended audience with compassion 
and with respect, willing to serve them with love and care from, from the Lord through us. So we need to be able to witness. And when we are able to communicate uh, well, then we have what we call commitment from people. Remember going through the filtering, the last part is that they understand and they will act. And the action is about commitment. So this is what we want to aim uh, towards. And uh, of course, a deeper commitment. Media affects a person. So we're talking about cross-cultural communication here. But there are various ways, different channels we can use. And it will affect people. When we are using media, we need to think, we need to evaluate, well, we need to plan, we need to act, and then we need to evaluate. There's a more elaborate way of uh, doing this strategic model, but this is basic. Think about it in all the information you get. Make a plan. May not be the best plan yet, but looking at all of this whole situation and with your team, you say, okay, this is our best plan. Act on it and see whether it works or not may fail or it may work somewhat and then not so good in other areas. That's where the fourth step must always be there, evaluate. Is it effective or not? Don't assume. Okay? So you're always asking, you know, whether you're fulfilling uh, your state, your uh, mission and uh, your goals and so on. And uh, you're looking at the different uh, effects on the audience and so on. So you're talking about effectiveness at the end of the day. So <clears throat> I did a lot of this, what I call pre-testing. Many times when we have a plan and we want to do a product and we think it's a good one, but you're not sure because you haven't tested it. You should pre-test things. Uh, some people think it's unspiritual to do that because Holy Spirit will use whatever we produce. But maybe what we produce is not of the best quality or not relevant to the people. We don't know. So if you do pre-testing, you take a smaller selection of the target audience and you use it with them. And then it saves you time, it saves you money, it can help you improve something that you think may work. So you need to do uh, a lot of pre-tests and so I did a lot of this. 
and uh, you do your own self-critique, internal evaluation, group, and a final kind of evaluation from outside. Uh, yeah. So at the end of the day, you want to communicate so that there will be change. You are looking for positive change at the end of the day. And the main things is that you are dealing with behavioral change of one time. That they would accept Christ and in the process become who we call a Christian. And it may take time. There are people who accept Christ and not immediately can they stop smoking, stop using bad words, uh, many things. For some people, it's instant. You can see their change. But sometimes it takes longer for others. Don't give up on them. You need to accept them as they are and walk with them through those changes. Um, a community will see, we can even see the change in communities. <clears throat> there was a group in uh, World Vision and uh, I told you a little bit about them. They do a lot of development work. So in this Muslim uh, village, they were talking the Muslim people, leaders even, were talking among themselves. They said, oh, these World Vision people, they are coming here to convert us. And they were criticizing. So, coming for the event was the leader. And she happened to be a lady and a very strong Christian. Her name is Maya Hilton but she's a Bengali, not a Westerner. So she heard them saying, you know, criticizing and complaining. So she got up a time to speak in this big event that World Vision was having. So she stood up and she said, yes, I have been hearing you saying that we are here to convert you. And I want to affirm, yes, we are converting you. <laughs> we are converting you from drinking dirty water to clean water. We are converting you from uh, using the toilet everywhere to building you clean toilets. And so on and so on. She went down the line and said, we are converting you. We agree. We confess. Because that's what the gospel does. May not yet convert them to become Christians. But sometimes the work before converts them or changes them behaviorally as a community for good. And that's what you want to communicate cross-culturally as well. And uh, there are times where, you know, you may think I want to reach or I have to reach the topmost person, maybe the political leader and so on. But I have found that when you communicate and your, if your communication is effective, sometimes you have to go to the person who is who I call the change agent or the opinion leader. 
in the village I was in, called Nilfa Marine in Bangladesh, the opinion leader was not the political leader. It was a Muslim man who had a disability, he had polio. But if there's any community dispute, they will go to Mr. Alam. And I noticed that. So I became his friend. <laughs> I even became like his daughter. One day his wife was saying, oh, you know, in Bengali, I could understand at that time. Gosh, you know, why she's not married? You know? Then he answered her, don't say that. She's married to her Jesus. <laughs> he defend me. So that is a good friend to have because they can make changes. The last thing I did before I left there and I prayed, Lord, touch this man's heart. So I went to him, I presented him a completed Bible. The, the Bible was going through translation process. Finally gave to him because he's like a theologian, a Muslim theologian. So I said, Uncle, please receive this holy book. And I pray you will read it. I said, of course, I will. And I take his word for it. Okay? All right. So, be part of whatever community. The communicator is not someone aloof. You need to be with the people in order to effect change. So to help people become conscious of their potentiality in Christ, we're talking about so a Christian community here, the task of being in touch with people. The messenger has to learn to think like them, but we can only understand others if we first understand ourselves. Important to link the message with any media that is used. Just don't think, oh, this is the best one because it's readily available or I know how to use it. Is it the most appropriate or not to get your message out there effectively? There's a, there's a need to find the missing link between knowledge, the knowledge level, and the behavioral change. That is the effective level. It's the feeling level. Because if we don't have a strong internal motivation, the change will not last. It's like, you know, traffic rules. We, we do it because we saw the policeman. When there's no policeman, we <laughs> speed up. <laughs> so it's not on the effective level. So the same with the gospel message, it must hit the deep part of the person's life. Therefore, we as agents of change or the communicators, we are the ones who are able to encourage the change when we are part of the community. So that is what I want to leave with you. The church needs to be a witness. We need to be planted deep 
in the community, not outside of it. Even though we are missionaries, we may only be there for a very short time maybe. But in that short time, we need to make an eternal impact. You know, what is short time? Recently, we said farewell to, well, not fully uh, farewell, she'll still come back, but the academic dean, as you have heard, has taken over. He's been here for 26 years. Is it a short time? Is it a long time? The main thing is she has left an impact. And this is what we hope to do. So, thank you. Any questions on this? No? Well, you all have done well with your uh, different projects. <clears throat> and tomorrow we come with another topic, another big topic which is uh, world religions, but I'm only covering the three uh, major ones.